Welcome back to the End Time Podcast. The Bible says in multiple places you must be baptized. How have you been baptized? Go and baptize. We want to talk today about what it is to be baptized. What is the scripture talking about when you must repent and be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? What is water baptism? Because the scriptures talks about Jesus even says in one place, which we'll get into it, go and baptize. And Peter says, you must repent and be baptized. And in the book of Acts, Paul would say multiple times, how were you baptized? So let's talk for a minute here, brother. What is it to be baptized? I think the church is, it's not a foreign concept in, in, in the church world around the world. Um, but for some that you wouldn't wouldn't be a Christian or would be out and and never maybe been in a church, you might not know. But churches in the world would approach it in different ways. Um, some would have uh, a tank in their church, kind of like a large tank of water, and they will take the people in, and you'll dip them in the water in front of the congregation as a sign, you know, of of baptism, and they'd baptize them with a with a I baptize you in such a way. Um, the Catholic Church would have a way of sprinkling infants. So they would take children that are young and sprinkle them. Um, different denominations, different people approach it in different ways. Back in the old time, they would have taken you to the river and they would have baptized you right in good old-fashioned river water. Every church, every Christian probably has been baptized if you've been in the faith for any length of time. If you've grown up, maybe you were as a baby or maybe you were as an adult, depending on how your church approached it. I would even approach it as a way of We've talked so much about what God has done for you and what Jesus Christ, the grace of God, has provided for us as the individual, as a worshiper. But water baptism now is one of the ordinances given to the individual to say, what can you do to identify with what Christ did for you? Just as an interjection, ordinances, Jesus left us three, and that was water baptism, communion, and foot washing. And we'll leave that there. But that's something for you to study into on your own. Yeah, I believe that water baptism is, is a door for sinners to uh, come into uh, and wash their sins. The Bible teaches that the water baptism might, must be by immersion. When you repent and baptize, you are symbolizing the death and resurrection of our Lord Jesus. When he died and was buried and resurrected, Paul Said in Colossians 2, chapter 12, it says, Bury with him in baptism, where also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised him from the dead. And verse 13 says, And you, talking about you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. There are many ways that people can be baptized. For example, some baptize babies, which we don't find any scripture to back up the baptism. Some baptize in the name of Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. 
Some baptized in the name of Jesus. Some people were baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Some people baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So why is that also important? It's because the name that you use to baptize a person must be found in the scripture. So then in order to be, because baptism is an identification, if you're just baptizing in, in one, if you're baptized the wrong way, you're not identified with the truth. You're identified with a church or you're identified with an idea of somebody, but in order to be baptized the right way, according to the scripture, you're being identified with the truth that's in the word. So we can prove this, but there's three things that many, that the church community as a whole gets wrong. They don't immerse. They'll sprinkle. Immersion is the right way. They'll baptize in the name of the father, son, and Holy ghost. And that's not what the scripture laid out. And finally, they'll baptize a child or an infant that has no way of repenting for what they've done wrong. In baptism, you're supposed to repent and be baptized. These children are too young to do that. You have to be able to immerse, have a, a person that is willing, knowing, and repentant for what they've done and approaching it, knowing in Revelation what they're doing. And then you have to use the right name. And I'll, I'll put this in here too, because I know this is a question that I've been asked personally on multiple occasions, which is, do babies go to heaven? which I'll answer you real simply. Yes, they do. A baby hasn't done anything wrong. The Bible says to repent and be baptized. If you have nothing to repent of, if you've never done anything wrong, there is no, no guile in you. A baby that has knowingly done, done nothing wrong, knowingly, so a baby goes to heaven. I think that, 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 more, that more is, you know, Saddles some mother's heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amen. But I want to go back to something Brother Tito said, actually, because it was really, really good. That baptism is like a, a door. Because Jesus actually says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, where he says, Enter you in at the straight gate. He says, For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. And many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. Now, this is a very good scripture to show how water baptism is the door because Jesus uses the word straight, and it's spelt in the scripture as S-T-R-A-I-T, which is a stream. Yeah. Straight. Water is the gate. Yeah. Water is the doorway to get into the kingdom of heaven. You've got to be immersed. You've got to go by that way. It's an identification with that kingdom because... He doesn't spell it and say S-T-R-A-I-G-H-T. It's not a straight line. It's water. He's saying you want to find the way to life, you've got to find the right way to be baptized. Going back to um, the different ways of baptism, I just want to read a scripture here from Ephesians chapter 4. Read from 1 to 5. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation, Wherewith ye are called, with all loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, and devouring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And I love these two verses because he says, There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling. And now it says, One Lord, one faith, and one baptism. 
So, you know, we've been talking about there are different way people baptize on this or the other. But the Bible said there is only one baptism. So there must be one that is right. I'd be interested to know how many, if somebody did the research, how many different ways people baptize, oh. especially when the scripture says there is one. one. Some people will go forward so many times or backwards so yeah. many times. Or I've heard forward three times, forward, backward three, you know, three times. I'm not saying that very clearly, but, you know, so many different ways that people approach it. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you have, you know, some people, some churches are just split because this one says you must baptize them backwards. The other one says, no, you must baptize them forward. And they're like, okay, then, you know, we, we just split and you go your way, I go away, way, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe that uh, water baptism is more than the doctrine. It's a revelation. So let's go back then to Matthew chapter 16. This is a scripture we're all familiar with sitting in this room. And it's a phenomenal scripture when it deals with revelation. Yeah. Because it proves that water baptism especially, and to know Christ, it's only by revelation. Yeah. You can't just know him by knowledge. You can understand the scripture. You can look at it this way or that way. You can raise your eyebrow at me, whatever you want to do. But it... it the only way you can know God is by revelation. That's right. He has to reveal himself to you. I think you mean Matthew 28, not Mark 16. Did I not say Matthew 16? You said, that still wouldn't be right. It's Mark Matthew 28. You okay. said Mark 16. But I'm not going to Matthew 28 right now. I'm going to Matthew 16. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Which is familiar to all of us except for one in this room. <laughs> <laughs> But it says in Matthew 16, verse 13, says, When Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? Now, that's a fantastic question. Because Jesus is literally asking them, Who do people say I am? And they say, Well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say Elias. Others, Jeremiah. Or one of the prophets. Everyone, in other words, has their idea of who Jesus is. And it hasn't changed today. Right. Everybody has their idea of how you should be baptized. Everyone's got their idea of who's Lord and what's this and what different thoughts on different scriptures. But Jesus says, who do you say that I am? And this is the question to every listener today. Who do you say that Jesus Christ is? You've heard, if you've been listening to this podcast, about what he's done for you. Who do you say he is? Yeah. What does he mean to you? Because Simon Peter answered him, said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, those are easy words to repeat. Mm -hmm. But to have the revelation of what Peter was saying is a whole nother level. Because Jesus answered and said, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, which means Simon, the son of Jonah. He says, For flesh and blood hath not revealed it to thee, but my Father which is in heaven. So in other words, some man didn't teach you this. This wasn't an idea you got from somewhere. And it's still the same today. Yeah. In order to understand who Jesus Christ is, I can explain it to you the absolute best I can, but if God doesn't make it real, yeah. you still don't know who Jesus is. Because he says, my father, God of heaven and earth, has to reveal himself personally to the individual. He says, and I say unto thee, verse 18, that thou art Peter, and upon this rock... I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. 
And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Now, I want to just back up to the scripture before I kind of jumped over it, but upon this rock I'll build my church. Yeah. Now, if you go back to the Catholic Church, they really started the Nicaea Council, 325 A.D., where they want to come out and say, Peter... He's the rock. Mm-hmm. And upon Peter, he built his church. Um, That's not what Jesus said here. I'll just say it that way because he can't say it any more blunt. But he said, thou art Peter, and upon this rock I'll build my church. Because what is a rock? Okay, in Romans chapter 9.33, I'm going to throw a couple scriptures in here real quick. Romans 9.33 said, As is written, Behold, I lay in Zion a stumbling block and a rock of offense. And whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. Let me ask you, is that Peter? Definitely not Peter. Definitely not. Now, Peter says, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 8, he says, And a stone of offense and a rock, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto they were anointed. Is Peter the word? Absolutely not. No, Peter's the one that denied Christ three times oh my. and needed to be born again on the day of Pentecost. After Jesus told him that, how could he build his church on that? Yeah, exactly. So here's here's Peter saying himself, saying, I'm not that one. There is a stone, there is a rock that people are offended at mm-hmm. and that people stumble over. And then Paul would pick it up in 1 Corinthians 10 and 4 and said... And did all drink the same spiritual drink? For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. He's talking about the rock that followed around the children of Israel in the wilderness, which I'm going to explain that in just a second here. But he says in the next statement, verse 4 of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, that rock is Christ. Hmm, that's good. So he's saying you've got to be a partaker of Jesus Christ. So where the church is built on then? The church is built upon that rock, which is a revelation of who Jesus Christ really is. Yeah, that's right. So then that rock, that revelation, that one, Jesus Christ, came in Matthew chapter 28. Now we're in Matthew 28. (laughs) But wait, before you get to Matthew 28, I got a question for you. What is a revelation? I think it's important to state that. What is a revelation? <laughs> uh, I love this question. I don't like it at the same time. <laughs> I would say faith is a revelation. Faith is a revelation, yeah. God reveals something to you. So reveals, it's something that you now see that was previously hidden. So, you know, when God reveals something to you, it becomes real and alive. So if God says something in his word that, you know, by, by my stripes you're healed and you take that and it becomes a revelation and you have faith in it and you believe it and you know it's true, it's true. But there's something beautiful about the Bible because many will look at it and it'll be a closed book. If I have an object on my desk covered by a cloth, there's something there, but you don't know what it is. It's hidden to you. But if I reveal it to you, now you see it and now it can have a power or an effect on you or maybe it's a beautiful artwork and now you can see it and, and understand it and be impressed by it. And it's real. It's substance. It's not just something you think about or hope or imagine, but it's real and it's a substance. 
would say one of the best examples of that in the scripture is Ephesians 2 and verse 8, where it says, By grace are you saved through faith. This is an explanation of a revelation. It's not of yourself. It is a gift of God. So it's nothing that we can do in ourselves. We've explained this. It is a gift of God. So what it's saying is when God reveals to you what he's already done for you. It takes the cover off. And then you have faith in that. That's your salvation. When you have enough faith to believe what he's already done, you have a revelation of what he did. So in this case, then we can clearly see that Peter had nothing to do with this. No, he didn't have anything to do with it. It's because, you know, we, we can't say he was the revelation or something that was given to him. Flesh and blood did not reveal, reveal this, this unto him, Jesus. Exactly. Yeah. So we can't say this was built upon Peter because he had nothing to do with us. I think we can pick it up now from Matthew 20. Because <laughs> <laughs> Matthew chapter 28, going back to this, Jesus says in verse 18, and Jesus spake of them, his last words before ascending up into heaven said, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I command you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Now, according to Peter, in the book of Acts, in the day of Pentecost, after the promise, the Holy Ghost has come, he said, this is Peter's sermon, says, Acts Chapter 2, verse 36. There is something important here for you to see it, to understand what Jesus was speaking on, on Matthew 28:19. So he said, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that Jesus who you have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now, don't miss this. Jesus is both Lord and Christ. So all together is Lord Jesus Christ. There you have the name that Jesus commissioned to disciple to preach and baptize. So, so now, verse 37, when? Now when they heard this, what? The word of God, the Holy Spirit speaking. They were pricked. In other words, their hearts were pierced by the power of the word which Peter was, was preaching. Going back again. Now, when they heard, they were pricked their hearts and said unto, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the, the apostles, men and brothers, what shall we do? That's a very good question for us to ask now. Then Peter said unto them, Repent. Now, this word repent means turn back. For example, if you're going south, turn back to north. So Peter said, Repent and be baptized every one of you. Not only a few, but it says, Every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. 
and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39 says, For the promise is unto you and unto your children and unto all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So that word repent is then to turn, ar- turn away from what you're doing. Because it's not just to say, oh, sorry, and carry on in the same action. Yeah. But rather to be truly sorrowful that you were wrong and to turn around and don't do it anymore. Yeah. Go the other direction. Exactly. So, for example, if you, if you used to drink or smoke, so you, after you receive the promise, you will do it again. Mm-hmm. Because when you repent, something will change in your life. And when you repent, you got to do it in your heart. Not only say, I repent and I, get, and I will get baptized. That action doesn't have sincerity in it. Mm-hmm. But when we repent, we must have a sincere heart and then baptize to be a candidate to receive the promise of the Holy Ghost. Mm-hmm. And then you start your Christian life from that time because Jesus will come to you and will start a work in your life. He will justify you, will sanctify you, and will baptize you with the Holy Ghost. That's as the promise. Fulfills what Jesus said in Matthew 28, which is I'll be with you even to the end of the world. Well, looks like we got a dilemma for the next one. Was Peter wrong to say, I baptize you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? Because when Jesus said, Father, Peter said, My Lord. When Jesus said, Son, Peter said, Jesus. When Jesus said, The Holy Ghost, Peter said, Christ. The name of the Father, Son, Holy Ghost, the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening today to the End Time Podcast. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to contact us at etpodcast at etmtab.com or follow us on Instagram at End Time Podcast. <laughs>